Hey, welcome. My name is Paul, and you're about to dive into another episode with my muddy buddy sharing their dirty little secret. Remember, as long as you're lurking and listening, you're in on our secrets. Can you hear me? Hey, there we go. Can you hear me? I can. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Little technical difficulties, but we figured it out. We did. We did. I mean, miles and distance between us, and you're dealing with me, which, you know, yeah. techno tired of the world. So, hey. okay. <laughs> believe me, we've dealt with worse and other circumstances, so I'm not overly concerned. Neither <laughs> am I. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, it's my awesome. 63rd birthday today. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Somebody told, said to me, you look good for 63. I said to them, well, let me tell you, I am this day wearing and sporting the 2022 spring version of a 63-year-old birthday suit. So There we go. There we go. So listen, for the sake of those who lurk and listen in on this uh, podcast, I probably should let them know uh, that we're sort of reverse rolling today. Uh, I'm not in charge of asking the questions, but you are. Yeah. Uh, my son-in-law, Napoleon. Yes, sir. So uh, we met through your daughter. Yes. Uh, she popped into my life and I said, I, I pick you. And uh, she said, well, before you pick me, you have to talk to my dad. And I said, sure. And uh, we met, we officially met in a restaurant downtown. And I think, if I remember right, I think I bought you a cheesecake. You did. You did. I drank beer. And um, I actually always remember that time because you, the both of you walked in. And just the look on Emily's face was like, this is the one. And so, I mean, I really didn't have a choice to say no, but yeah. So, and the two well, of I'm you. I'm pretty have... sure I, I didn't make that choice very difficult to say no. yes. Oh, absolutely. No, exactly. exactly. A good looking guy like you. you yeah, know. I'm pretty amazing. I'm pretty amazing. Yes, that's true. That's true. And and you have a son who tells me all the time, I'm a genius, Papa. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, pretty you know. You have two of the most hilarious boys. I yeah. miss them. You yeah, guys were here at Christmas. Hilarious. I have no help around here now. I have Yanni, absolutely no help. You know what's funny? Yanni, my oldest, uh, just turned six, and we celebrated his birthday for the first time at a, like, a birthday party where mm-hmm. we invited friends of his and stuff like that. And um, he was super excited. So this is actually the first year where he's been invited to parties. Mm-hmm. And because in the past as parents of a young child, you're like, well, why are we doing a party for a two-year-old who doesn't even know what's going on? Right. (laughs) So we just had, what we would do is that we have uh, like family and friends come over, like just a close knit bunch. And we, it's just an excuse for us to get together, have some cake and wish him a happy birthday. But uh, this is the first year where he's actually understanding what's going on. And Mm -hmm. uh, he specifically asked for a birthday party because he was invited to to a couple birthday parties. And uh, we, yes. went, we went to a trampoline park. It was what he wanted. And just oh to hear, hear the excitement in his face whenever he'd see friends come into this area where he was for his party, it was just 
the funniest thing to watch. So it's just it's it's funny to see to see that in your kids. They're excited. Well, I They're don't pure, think the he... pure excitement is what I'm saying. That pure excitement is super nice to see. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because I often tell people about you. I say, my son-in-law would give you the shirt off his neighbor's back. And they always look at me and say, what? Shouldn't that be off his own? I said, no, he's so friendly to everybody. that Even if he asked his neighbor, would you mind giving him your shirt? The neighbors, for you, Napoleon, anything, anything. That's how, it's, that's how you that's how you gotta work you gotta work these these things out and people don't even realize what they're doing that's that's a good way to do well. it <laughs> so true, true, true. this so this entire podcast is a bit of a role reversal because usually you ask people questions but not only that right. the questions about their lives and about them about certain situations whereas now not only asking about questions to you i'm asking questions about your life and okay. what uh what brought you to the paul today 60 63 years ago you said right 63 yeah yeah, yeah. can you believe it so 63 years ago today mm-hmm. you blessed this world with your presence <laughs> it depends you just, who you asked that or like mentioned that exploded out of some woman's internals Keep yes, that's right. That's and you right. Just said, yeah. "World, I'm here." Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, six, 63 years ago. I mean, born in Hamilton, Ontario, in uh, Henderson General Hospital. Um, actually, really funny story. One uh, uh, years and years and years and years later, uh, I was talking with a lady who her and her husband started the Hunting Society of Canada. And um, Ariel, just a hilarious lady, now in her 80s. And when I was telling her, because they live in Guelph, when I was telling her, you know, where I was born, she said, Henderson General. She said, so she said, the year, I said 1959, she says, I would have been on the maternity ward. And so she said, I probably, she said, if you're circumcised, I help do it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's so. I mean, I you know what I uh, it's it's been a wild ride, but I I'm enjoying it. I don't plan to leave the planet until 120 years. Give her, give her. Yeah. So, so you you come from a fairly large family, though, right? So how many? They I have all, uh, all four boys. brothers. Yeah, four brothers. Um, uh, a, a mom and dad. That well, I, I describe my dad probably as an only people listening to this that are around my age will understand it. He's, he was like Archie Bunker, you know, I mean, bit of a racist, um, pretty strong and, you know, (laughs) his his opinions and stuff like that. But anyways, yeah. So a bit of a racist, is it more of like racist of the time basically because. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And that's what I, yeah. Everybody was, you know, I mean, that was just, I mean, and, and, his poor challenges. He has all these boys getting educated in that. And all of a sudden saying, Hey dad, you can't say that. That's not a nice thing to say, you know, Mm -hmm. skin color or gender or whatever. I mean, so, I mean, I, but uh, you know what? He, he, he was a factory worker, um, raised five boys, all seemingly highly educated and, uh, you know, married off, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, no complaints. And a mother who was very involved in our lives, you know, I mean, she had a great sense of humor as far as I was concerned. I, and I was thinking it depends which of my brothers you ask, you know, um, 
you know, not so, everybody felt so like I did. What do you mean? Like, depends on what brother, like, did they ever? Oh, did, well, I mean, some of them found her as a, well, just strict, strict disciplinarian and just, okay. you know, so and, before, and she before was. We that, before we go to that, let's, let's, so you always have these things online where they, they dictate, like they say, okay, the firstborn uh, has, has all these strict rules, the middleborn something. And there's always like a, a easier time for the younger. So how like between out of the four, are mm-hmm. you like the oldest, youngest? In I'm the middle child. I'm the middle child. So and this is the way I I said to my parents years later. I said, wow, when we look at our photo albums, because my mother did personal photo albums for us all. And when we got married, she handed us our photo album. And my brother's Mark, my brother Mark's looks, the oldest looks like, you know, I mean, the novel War and Peace. It's huge. And, and it's like, I said to my mom, were you running out of film or something? And then all of a sudden, when the youngest came along, you refound film and camera? Because it's like very, my brother, myself and my younger brother, Chris, I mean, our photo albums were not that full. But you know what? I mean, I'm sure five boys, that's exhausting, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. so, okay, so let's, let's talk, let's talk your, so before, I, I'm not done with your mom yet. Um, I want to try and like get a picture about your brother. So Mark is the oldest. Mm-hmm. Who's who's after Mark? And then my my brother Mark lives out here in uh, he he's retired in Chilliwack. Uh, then I have my brother Brent. He's outside of Fredericton, New Brunswick. Lives oh, out he's the, there. He's the motorcyclist, right? He's the motorcyclist, the hunter, the fisher, the outdoorsman. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's that's him. And then next uh, under me is. My brother, Christopher, he's in London, Ontario. Um, he has uh, recently retired. Um, he is what we call the finance guy. And then there's my youngest brother, Steve, who lives in Hamilton. Steve. Okay. And Steve yeah. is the one who's closest with uh, uh, Jonathan, right? Yeah, my son, Jonathan. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So now, so you are, in fact, like the middle child. Yeah. So it's like, it's like. You got two, two on one side, two the other side. Bam, Paul in the yep. middle. <laughs> exactly. So how was how was the relationship between the five of you growing up? Like, were you always picking? Because I feel at this point, as the middle child, you could infiltrate both 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 uh, factions here. You could be like, "Hey, small younger brothers, how about we do this?" And then like create some <laughs> devious plan. And they go to the older brothers. Hey, older brothers, these younger brothers are trying to do this. And then you just create these fights between the four and you sit in the back and just have that maniacal laugh. That's what I'm picturing as a middle child. Um, I, yeah, maybe you probably have to ask them. I have very, you know, a lot of these people write these books about their whole childhood and everything. I have very little, few memories. And maybe that's a good thing. Um, about those things my oldest brother he was already out of the house at 16 um he and his wife uh were married at he was 16 she was 17 um and so he was like that's you know that's a little bit of you know he's gone then my brother uh brent sort of became the oldest and I guess I was the second then and and but my brother Steve um came along 
way after my brother Chris was born in 1961. Steve came in 1967. My mother was pregnant with my youngest brother when my oldest brother's wife was pregnant with oh. what would be their first grandchild. Oh, wow. A little bit of dirtiness there, right? <laughs> so basically, your younger brother is the same age as your parents first grandchild yep yep my niece lisa uh, dr lisa she's lisa, a pediatrician I keep, I keep mixing up i keep mixing up between lisa pediatrician and mama lisa okay that's that's so you want to start some dirt i my my stepbrother or half my half brother is two years older than my mom <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other story <laughs> See, that's, that's why we get along so yeah. well. We got so many dirty little secrets. That, All right, uh, so so let's talk about your mom. So so basically, uh, you the middle child, you cause havoc, mm-hmm. but no one knows it's you. So everyone thinks you're the you're the angel child. Uh, <laughs> well, I was born really. Uh, um, I was I was sickly. And oh, really? Tended to really. Uh, pander to me and you know I had all these allergies and stuff like that so I'm thick I think part of it is you know it's like eh, crap got that he's getting too much attention <laughs> it's like you know um so but, so your relationship with your mom is it it was it different between you and your mom and the, your brothers and your mom um I they would probably say so um and I might tend to agree with them um yeah, we were we were close, you know. I I mean, I really um, when my mother passed away. I mean, I really it was a very low moment for me. I, I just you know loved her incredibly. I mean, all of us did, of course. I mean, but and and she was really an active person. I mean, mm-hmm. and when she developed dementia um, in her late sixties, it was just like wow what happened to this woman that would stop what she was doing and come out and play a game of 21 with you and your friends on in, in the driveway, you know, right, she'd be, right. I got posted in the oven. I got 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> or, or to ice skate or, you know, taught us to swim and then to see her just so, so I really get it when people say, you know, Oh, my parent has dementia. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's not, I always uh, say she, was, she, she, she diagnosed like a diagnosis on in August, uh, you know, and, and at that point she died, you know, the mm-hmm. real her. She wasn't buried for years until years later, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Those and those are hard. Those basically the hardest moments. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Still loved her right up to the end. Just, you know, she was always, you know. And she real she remembered my dad right up to the end. The rest of us. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> so so um okay, so let's reverse it. How was your relationship with your dad, you and your dad compared to your brothers and your dad? Um I'm not sure. My dad was never somebody you would go to and say, Hey dad, I got a problem. Right. You know. So he's like would old never. school blue collar. Yeah, oh, I go to work, yeah. come home, eat, drink my beer, watch my TV, and uh, mom takes care of the house and the kids, and I just do my own thing, kind of thing. Yeah, and he always, you know, his always thing was, you know, I, you know, I, I created all boys. Do you know what I mean? That that era where boys are better than girls. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I miss those um, days. But yeah. 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 <laughs> so it, it's it's. Yeah, that was the era, you know. 
I mean, okay. it, it's like my, my dad was proudest of me, he would say, because I, out of all his children, created, you know, five boys. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Eh, eh, you know, so I think we managed to get that out of him or at least make him not say it so much. So the, the relationship essentially was just father figure to child to, to children essentially yeah yeah and like you said i mean it was part of the era I, you know yeah. my responsibility as a dad i i'm a good dad why because i provided for my family you i know? bring the money uh i yep. supply the house the clothes i this is my job this is what i'm doing yeah yeah no no i i get that okay it's just uh and then from there it evolved so then they got the five boys that he had created Right, exactly. That his was his hands, right. That was his, <laughs> his claim his, to fame. Uh, his you claim know? to fame. Uh, <laughs> so, how was the relationship between like the five of you? Like, did was there like as I, I joke as factions between youngest and oldest and whatnot? But was there like sort of cliques or like Mark? Mark got married at such a young age. Did was he involved in a lot of like the brotherly drama beforehand or like? Was there any big drama? Did you guys get along most of the time? Like, I understand that brother brothers will fight, but like, I'm not talking about just fighting just to fight. I'm talking about like deep, like big fights that like cause repercussions. Yeah, no, I. You know what? My mother pointed it out, and and it's it really became true. Uh, we saw it is we got closer once we left home. So, you know, I mean, your typical, yeah, you you know, the sibling rivalry, the, you know, mom loves you better than me, or, you know, um, you know, we were all part of an era growing up, you know, where you, you can beat the shit out of your kid and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how you discipline them. And, um, you know, I grew up in neighborhoods where, you know, it was like, Hey, you better watch what you're doing. I'll tell your mom. No, 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 please don't tell. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so the mother said that. Um, but yeah, I, I think for us, we, we, we got along. I, really, honestly, I don't think Everett's do family well. When I look over our, we, in the sense of, if you look at uh, your wife's, uh, like her mom's family, like the LeMays, they do family well. Do you know what I mean? The sisters all close together and talk and, you know, uh, you know, they all get together when one of them turns 40 and now 70 yeah. and all that stuff. Whereas we, you know, hit and miss and yeah, but you're good. Okay, great. Um, of do late, you, because I think we're getting older, uh, you know, uh, so <laughs> I think you, my brother you, Brett and I are the only ones on Facebook, but the others, we, we have a regular, uh, you know, email to each other do you think the reason of which is because you guys are all boys and they're all girls i thought of that too you know just, although just like the idea so my, my my point is more of guys tend to not need as much of like that reassurance or whatnot whereas they, they can just they can get that same reassurance from very close friends you know what i mean like their best friends that they just sit down and just hang out and not say anything Whereas there's a tendency where women, especially with sisters, they want to be be very tight knit sisters because that's the relationship that is just natural. Which, which, yeah, and that, and I always found, and I always think my uh, my brothers were probably a lot closer to my dad than I was when when I came out. Um, <laughs> 
my two older brothers, it was really funny, said the same thing, separate conversations. They said, wow, mom always wanted a daughter. And here all along, she had one. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You know, which I laugh too. Um, but, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm so close to my mom, uh, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a uh, – I, I think there's a lot to, to truth to what you say, you know, with guys and, and getting along and, you know. Um, uh, the other thing is I get, you, you get to choose your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Your family sort of foisted well, on you. This is your brother, and you will love him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I have a brother that I don't even talk to anymore. So I mean, I totally understand that. Uh, and oh, it's, it's just, but my my reason is a little different, obviously. But um, I was just wondering, like, because there's, and they also put the effort into it, right? Uh, oh, think, oh, absolutely, absolutely. From what, from what I understand of what you said. Uh, you said fa- uh, Evers don't do family well. It's probably because they're just like, ah, I'm sure he's fine. Call it a day. If he needs help, he'll call kind of thing, right? That's the, in my mind, it seems to be the very guy thing to do. Yeah. Although um, if sometimes when I look into other, uh, like my dad has, has uh, his brothers and sisters, when I look at the, their family, some of them, it's like, yeah, we don't really do family. Like you'd never, mm. ever, ever hear of let's do an Everett family reunion. Right. Probably because we would destroy the place somehow or, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, with all of our angst because we all got this great sense of humor. You know, right, one of the right, things right. I think all of my brothers have such a great sense of humor. All different, but a great sense of humor. You, if you get together with all of us, <laughs> you're guaranteed there's going to be a laugh. And even my mother's side of the family would say, oh, we love when, you know, Dave's side of the family comes to anything because the boys are just, you just never know what they're going to. Yeah, not in a destructive way, but just, you know, just a fun way. Do you have a brother that you're closer to? Um, gosh, uh, I, I probably relate more to my brother Brent. You know, uh, I, I probably because I like his life philosophy and, you know, stuff like that. We are we tend to talk more um, about uh, there's on the other side, as far as like my brother, Mark, my oldest brother is like the he's sort of like the patriarch now. Um, yeah. he, he I love listening to the stories, like his memory about my childhood and our childhood growing up is like, wow, like he's got a ton of stories. Uh, about the family that you know when he starts sharing I, I love that and then my brother Chris you just have to meet him he just lives in his own little world and not in a in a bad or a rude way <laughs> he really can he could meet celebrities that every one of us would know he wouldn't have a clue who they were and wouldn't care mm-hmm. I don't care you're just a you know yeah uh, yeah so yeah I, I, I I'm not as close to my youngest brother um for multiple reasons, but you know, it's no hatred there or anything. It's just like eh, we don't see life through the same eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah I can see that. It just happens. Yeah. So okay, so then, how old were you? We who was the last one to leave the house? My brother Steve would be the last. Okay. One. Well, that kind yeah, of makes and- sense. Sort of. That's a. I guess it's a silly question, uh, but I guess my my thought was. 
who ended up who tried to stay home the longest and they just got kicked out but i guess it wasn't really an option back in that day so well no it wasn't because every one of us got the same thing on our 18th birthday luggage yeah they get it okay and my mother was like that was the hint i said to her one time i said what happens if we're still around after our 18th birthday she said i'll put your clothes in your luggage you know i mean my mother wanted she loved she she loved her boys right up to the end she did not enjoy being a stay-at-home mom never did she wanted she started out as a hairdresser uh her claim to fame she used to say is uh the the big uh, family store eaton's she did lady eaton's nails one day oh wow very cool yeah so that was her claim to fame but i think she she just she wanted to be like a working mom but back in those days you just didn't do that you know and i think that added to her frustration um mm. in some of her, the way she disciplined and things like that when i look back on it because she, you know she wanted to travel she wanted to you know but my dad was no wife of mine works she stays at home you know so did she never end up working afterwards even though the no 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 you know, um, but she loved to hear about all of our travels, our world okay. travels. That's cool. I used, I, I think I said to Emily one time, I said, you know, if, if uh, grandpa had died before grandma, I said, I have my doubts that grandma would have showed up for the funeral. <laughs> She'd have been on a plane. <laughs> and so I was with him for over 50 years, you know, like, yeah, yeah let's Time move on. Exactly. So, okay. So you're 18. Your mom gives you gives you a birthday gift of some luggage and says you're free to go now, whether you like it or not. You're going. Yeah. Where Where was your next step? Did you know exactly where you wanted to go? Like back in those well, days, yeah. It, back in those days, like did they have electricity back then? Uh, <laughs> no. Well, right just, after the dinosaurs. dinosaurs um, right. <laughs> so no, you see, all of us wanted to. I mean, I mean, I think she created sort of a "it's time to leave" sort of feeling. Around there, I mean, the older your children get, I mean, they start, you know, and you'll find this is, I think they just start, you know, I, I need to get out of this nest. I need to discover who I am, blah, 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 blah. But we grew up in a household where family dinner and my mother would very often around the table be saying, what do you want to do when you grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up? How right. are you going to get there? So if she was always planting that into us. So that we, you know, and then it's like we wanted to go on. I was the only one that, uh, you know, I had more of a spiritual bent. I decided I was going to be a, uh, a minister, a clergyman. Um, and so I headed off to, to uh, a Bible college in Peterborough. Um, interesting enough, when I told my dad originally that I wanted to be a clergyman, a minister, he said, I wish you'd be a bank robber instead. I'd be more proud of you. Did not have high feelings about ministers. I sort of get it now. Uh, my oldest brother, and I really at times wish I had listened to him, sat, me, sat down with me and said, you know, Paul, I think you're wasting your brain on these Christians. You have a very good brain. You're very you're intelligent and everything like that. You know, the view was, you know, oh, it's, you know, not these ministers, they're, you know, they're off half cocked and, you know, just, mm. you know, religion was not a good mixture. Anyways, I headed off to uh, college. So, okay, uh, but before, before we go there, what was your family like any type of religious affiliation? Um, 
we probably grew up Pentecostal. I remember telling my mother one time that I wanted to be a priest. So still the spiritual bent. I was very young. She said, you cannot be a priest. And I said, why? And she said, because we're not Catholic. So, oh, okay. Um, so uh, my grandmother on my mother's side, my, my mother's mother, she was Pentecostal. Right. So I moved in those directions, you know. So how um, did you get that spiritual bent? Like, did you? Does do anybody else in the family have some kind of like a, a belief in God or how, like what is their what is the difference in relationship with religion and God that they have compared to you that made you decide that you want to go to that avenue in life? You know, I was, uh, you know, in all in all honesty, like bear my whole cards here. Uh, when I was late, oh, probably around 10, 11, 12. Um, I was feeling drawn towards, uh, homosexuality. So why do I feel this about guys when my brothers are with girls could never bring it up? You know, I mean, as my brother, older brothers also said to me and said, my God, Paul, we are so sorry. Growing up in our household had to be hell, you know, cause we're always making, you know, fag jokes and gay right. jokes and stuff like that. I did say to them, I said, well, no, actually you had some really good looking friends. And uh, so that made up for uh, anything else. But in that time, cause people have said to me, why didn't you come out earlier in that era? They were still giving yeah. homosexuals frontal lobotomies and it's yeah. a criminal thing, blah, blah, blah. So you play it low key. It got to a point in my life where I actually was contemplating suicide. I was contemplating ending my life. But hold, but you okay? Before we get there, you had you were drawn. You had these drawn feelings towards homosexuality. Like, right? Did you know you were gay, and you're like, I need to like shut this down, or you weren't sure what these feelings were, and you thought that heading towards religion would help you make yeah get the answers yeah that was that became more the because it was like no no no, this isn't right because you know in that era it was like men are with women anything else is perverse dirty you know uh, wrong sin you'll go to hell um so it was like okay i need to if 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 i don't change something like i need help you know so i poured myself into uh you know Christianity and religion and in in other words, I buried those feelings. You know, they would, you know, keep coming up all through the years. Uh, mm -hmm. but it was just like, no, 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 this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. Can't, you know, so have to fight it, have to hide it. Although in in uh at the Pentecostal College, I had some a pretty good introductions to homosexual sex with a few guys. But, you know, I mean, it was like, oh, the same bet. So, <laughs> but then again, I also it, met it, what do you mean, Emily's mom. Like, introduction to homosexual, like you had sex with guys in college? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Not, nothing, uh, no penetration or anything else like that. But just, yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, there were, there were kids got found out and booted out and stuff like that. So, I mean, you just. But it was still, it's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. Right. So basically, <laughs> so at that point, when you, had, when you had these sexual relations with these guys, did you tell yourself that you were gay and you just didn't want to? Or 
having made these, having done those actions, you tell you tell to yourself that that's not me. I, I don't know what why that happened, and you just like pushed it yeah, away. And, yeah, yeah okay. you just you just suppress, suppress. Basically, you suppress, you ignore, and then you hope it just goes away, kind of thing. Yeah, because you, who do you talk to? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. People would say, you know, well, why didn't you talk to somebody? Really? Are right. you no, no, kidding? Sure, who would sure. I talk? That's to? that's not that's not the time uh, uh, in 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 life, I guess. Not life, but I mean, in the times of world or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. You in, at our point in history, that, in yeah. point in history that you have these conversations. So that let's go back. You, you said you contemplated suicide. When when did this happen? When I was like twelve, thirteen. Um, because you I had, had these feelings and you weren't. Sure yeah, and I just couldn't, you know. And I looked at life. My parents, uh, I mean, constantly arguing, constantly fighting. My mother walking out, never leaving, but just going out. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's leaving. She's leaving. I mean, she would come back. She just had had enough of my dad's you know, antics and rantings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, I hate life. I, right. I'm not enjoying this. This is awful. This is awful. Funny enough, though, I decided one weekend that I was going to commit suicide. Well, I thought, I'll take pills. I'll take pills. So I looked, my mother was on some pretty heavy pills for a back uh, problem she had, but I heard her voice in the back of my head saying, if you boys touch these pills, I'll kill you. Okay. I won't do pills. I won't do pills. <laughs> so then I decided I'll hang myself. Well, me being, you know, anal retentive the way I am, I couldn't get that rope to look like the pictures I'd seen of, you know, hangman's ropes. Can't do that. Yeah. So I came up with this brilliant idea. I will suffocate myself. So I got all the blankets I could find, put them on my bed, crawled under and laid under there probably five, maybe 10 minutes and thought, I can't do this. I can't breathe. It's too hot. And <laughs> it's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was that weekend I went to my grandmother's church and decided to become a follower of Jesus. Oh, uh, grandmother's church. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and, and so from then on, you know, that started me. So it was like, okay, because I, f- I felt better about, and, and everything seemed to be suppressed and quieted down for a little while, but I just right. got into it thicker and thicker and thicker and, you know, ended up like, Hey, you know what? I like be, I, somebody said to me one day, did you like being a pastor because of, you know, you know, teaching people God's word or was it the entertainment factor probably split right down the middle? Cause right. I'm a bit of an entertainer at the best of times. Ben always said, my partner, Ben always says he loves when people come over because he says, you've got a new, you've got a new crowd to try out material on. Right. So, so then you, okay have all these feelings go to grandma's church and decide you know what this feels good i'm gonna go and become a uh clergyman because you're not because yep. you're a catholic so you can't be a priest we gotta make that right exactly association correct it's actually so side side note it's funny that these distinctions need to happen because as a kid i want to be a police officer but uh-huh. watching a lot of these tv shows you always hear about nypd so I yeah. would say I want to be an NYPD and <laughs> older people will be like, well, in order to be NYPD, you got to go to New York because you have to be a New York police department. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand that. I just, I want to be NYPD because you see it on TV. Exactly. Uh, so it's just because you don't fully understand it. And even to this day, I'm pretty sure a lot of people who don't, who aren't fully immersed into the religion or any religion understand the difference between a priest, a pastor, uh, and to be honest, I don't. I'm not even sure the differences. Why do Catholic priests 
aren't allowed to be married, but past well because they see and well they see themselves as married to God and but you it's know, all under the just, umbrella of Christianity, right? So exactly. Like, exactly. I, why is it so different? And then you got Orthodox churches, and then some churches are okay to talk to the others, but not these guys. And then <laughs> that's all under one umbrella, like that's under one roof. And there's all these like, different different arguments. Then you got to involve other religions in this. And it's just like, oh my god! So you just you go to grandma's church, helps you feel better, and say, okay, I'm gonna go to become a priest at 18. You leave your house, you go to you say Peterborough. Yeah, go to Peterborough, Ontario. To Peterborough. There's there was a college there at one, that one time. What, what, kind of, uh, what, kind of, what kind of college is it called? College of God East, Eastern the... Pentecostal Bible College, it was called. Bible Eastern college. Pentecostal Bible College. It was Bible College. <laughs> Bible College. Gotcha. And all you got was a certificate for ministry back then. Three years, and you're out the door. So what does Bible College teach you? Um, basically, the doctrines, you know, they indoctrinate you. You know, they don't educate you. They don't educate you. They indoctrinate you. It's like, okay, if you're going to be a Pentecostal minister working for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, this is what we believe about everything. And so you're and not you have to encouraged to believe. think. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, yeah. What do you believe? You know, what do you believe about? We believe what you believe. Oh, okay, right. good. Yeah, now, so then you get you do the three years, okay? So you in those three years, you um, you had these sexual sessions with other guys. Mm-hmm. Did it happen? Did it happen like often, or was it a handful? <laughs> no, of times, I or? mean it was. We're not talking like a daily. No, no, obviously, month. obviously, yeah. but I mean, like I, I, from three years, like was it? I, I obviously know it wasn't like a, a weekly thing or even a monthly thing, but just right. like. Did it happen more often than you would expect kind of thing without giving any numbers? Was it like... Because um, I don't want to sound like a slut. No, um, no. Uh, you know, and, and as the years went by, I was able, I was more suppressing it. Okay. So first year, second year, by th- my third year, it was like, okay, this, I just got, I'm, you know, I'm this healed. has got to be eliminated from, yeah, exactly. I'm, God healed All me. I did was found di- different ways to suppress it, you know, deeper. And, right. you know, work my work it out in different ways. So, so different ways to suppress it. <laughs> so before so before we start talking about how you met Lisa, mm-hmm. let's talk about these suppressing it, because I feel that <laughs> that I feel that it's it's an important piece. And I want to talk about this because whoever hears about this, whoever's listening to this and is going through issues with their own sexuality or not understanding or whatever. I feel this is an important piece for anyone to hear. So because well, because I think the reason we, at least for me, was to suppress it. I mean, you know, and I don't think I'm that odd. Is that you're trying to please people? You're trying to stay within the norm of society at that time. The norm of, uh, and you know, hey, you're giving your life to the church, and God hates this thing apparently, and so I better just hide it, suppress it, and say. I need your help and sorry, right. sorry, sorry. Every time and, I masturbate, sorry, sorry, sorry. And every time, and at that point, like gay people weren't looked at as, as they are today. And they basically looked down on and, Oh, you're gay. You must be a creation of Satan kind of thing. So it wasn't an environment that was very inviting. So it's right. understandable that, that back then 
suppressing it was like the thing to do. Oh, do you, absolutely. In society in general, you society. know, I mean. Now, do you think today, today is it easier or, or harder or the same or different difficulties with people who are coming out? Um, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of it in uh, my partner is Asian, uh, comes from the Philippines. And as much as it's okay to be, um, you know, gay, so many of the, his friends that he's introduced me to, you know, that are gay ha- still, you know, even in 2022 have to suppress it. While I don't want my mom to know, I don't want my mm-hmm. parents to know it's looked down upon, uh, I, you know, in, in nations all over the world. I find it, you know, a much different, of course, here in Canada. Um, you know, I, I, I had awesome conversation with Emily one time and I said, what would you do if one of your boys came out? And she said, well, obviously, you know, we'd be fine with it, you know, but she said, honestly, we, she said, I would be, uh, I would be afraid for them because I know there's people out there in the real world that can be very mean and hurtful and nobody wants their child. And I, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, always, always, you know, will it ever come to the point where we're all just accepting and, you know, I hope so. I don't think it'll be until later in like the generation of your sons, you know, where, I mean, they can go to school and say, Oh, my papa's gay. And we, oh yeah. Okay. Or it just has my to be normalized and his partner. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, yeah, the normalization of it is what the important part I find. Um, and the the TV show Emily told me about this about the TV show called Shit's Creek, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't make the fact that a character is gay a a point of the show, right? It's just yeah, okay, and they move on to the next, and that's a very odd thing to see in television. The fact that they don't make it a point of it. So much TV shows and so many people today make them being gay as like the only thing about them, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, your oh, absolutely. Your, your sexuality doesn't isn't the only thing about you that makes you you. It's part exactly. of exactly. It's it, yeah. It's part of me, but it's not the full of who I am exactly. as a person. You know, um, there's more to me than that. I mean, yeah. I, so, and I. And it doesn't need to be the topic of a conversation, no. you know, in, in, and, and I, I, and probably amongst the people that I run with these days, it isn't, you know, I mean, there's jokes, there's, you know, um, but nothing. It's like, you know, it's probably the same as people say to you, Oh, how's Emily doing? You know, they say to me, how's Ben? Same thing. You know, it's like they, they're, that's your partner. That's your spouse. Yeah, you know that's a nice ask, thing to say uh, ask, how your, are they how's your lifestyle doing <laughs> <laughs> exactly. his name is ben quit calling yeah. him lifestyle <laughs> yeah so so that's the thing so okay so you were suppressing it mm-hmm. how like what ways when you were suppressing it did you was it an automatic suppression that you just unconsciously did or did something come up and like no no and then you found ways to suppressing it by either cooking or yeah what i mean i kept myself busy you know um in my heyday of religion i was traveling i mean i had two churches at one time one in woodstock one in ottawa 
I was traveling back and forth them. I traveled all over the world speaking. Uh, I was in Africa, Singapore, um, all through Canada's Arctic, down into the U.S. Uh, somebody at one point uh, told me that I was considered to be one of the top five communicators in all of Canada, which, you know, I, I actually don't believe that. But, um, but I just was busy. I kept busy, you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, making things busy, grow. And it keeps your mind busy so you don't wander off kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. It's the power of controlling your mind. I mean, some people right. said, well, why didn't you keep controlling it? You know, well, because I realized I didn't eventually, have to. Yeah, and eventually, you get tired. <laughs> Truth of not, eventually knocked in. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you get tired of not being who you are. Exactly. Everyone gets tired exactly. of acting. It's, yeah, I get that. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, you're. when did you, let's talk about, now you you went to church and went to church. Sorry, you went to Bible college, mm -hmm. and you started off your own life because your mother mm -hmm. gave you luggage as a birthday gift. Because that's an amazing gift to give your kids. Yep. And uh, you start your own life, and now you meet someone. This she, person, yes, Lisa, uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa Lemay. Uh, we met. I was in my third year. She was in her first year. Um, you know what, uh, and I will say this until my last breath, she is always to me the most beautiful woman I've ever laid eyes on. Um, and the only woman I love in the way that we would produce children. Right. People find that weird and crazy. I really don't care. That's how, you know, it is for me. Um, just a gorgeous lady. I mean, back then, uh, uh, she, she used to wear her hair in such a way she looked, and they used to call her Lady Di. Because Lady, Di. Lady Diana was coming out at that, right, and it was just right. like the lay. Oh, the lady died. Look, the lady died, and and much like her character as well. Uh, you know, um, you don't want to cross Lisa, but in general, I mean, she's just so very uh, always. You know, shut my mouth. She's very much like her dad was. You never had the opportunity to meet uh, Claude Lemay, very quiet man. Uh, you know. Uh, very caring, very compassionate. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I met her and we decided to get married. I mean, why not? You know? yeah. I mean, and the great thing is I produced two kids, one of which you've benefited from. Uh, yeah. So this, uh, how did, so you met her in college. Like how, how did you guys meet? So what do women, because back then women didn't become clergymen, could they? No, um, no, that wasn't. And she wasn't there for that. She just wanted a year off, sort of. She made a decision. I was. She said she was either going to go do a year at the college or she was going to travel. Um, and she decided, eh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go to college. I mean, looking back, she might have said, damn, I wish I'd have traveled. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and I always actually find that really funny because she's a real homebody. She hated traveling. I traveled all over the world. I would invite her to come and sit. No, nah, I don't want to go. I, I made her go to India with me. I made her go to right. Singapore with me. Uh, and I think she looks back now and goes, oh, okay, well, that was a good thing. But, um, yeah, so she was there just for one year. And so I said to her, if you marry me, I promise to tell you about the other two years of college. Save you some money. You know? <laughs> That's funny. Was yeah. she was she very like a religious person? Like, were the Lemays a religious family? Oh yeah, very really. Strong. But it's because they lived in Shawville, uh, Quebec, and in Shawville, Quebec, in that time, I mean Sunday, everybody went to church. 
Really? Everybody. You had to go to church somewhere. It's probably the, but it is the only, at that time, it, I don't know if it's still true, it's the only village in Quebec that I know of that did not have a Catholic church. They have every type of different type of church, but Catholic. Interesting, eh? Huh. Um, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, they all went to church. I mean, that was their community, you know? Right. Church is your community. That's your connection to your community um, and your belief system. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, she, she uh, I mean, you'd have to ask her, but I, I always found her, you know, a very spiritual person, you know? Uh, Actually, she got very... mad at me one time because I said, what did I say? Jesus. You know how you like, ah, Jesus. Yep. I would say that, and she got Napoleon. Don't don't use his name in vain like that. And I just think it was funny because uh, I used this, this is something I'd say all the time, and she's never said anything about it. And I guess she got fed up with it or something. <laughs> but 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 the thing she didn't say it with any malice. Like if anyone who doesn't know Mama Lisa, she's just full of love, um, and she's oh yeah, full, full of love and no bullshit, right? So she'll yeah, exactly she'll tell you how it exactly. is. But she doesn't mean it in a in a mean way. It's just absolutely not. Absolutely, she's not mean spirited. She, you know, I think out of all of her sisters, she reminds me the most of her dad. And if you'd ever met her dad, Claude is the, was the nicest man I've ever met. Claude was such a positive guy. I used to jokingly say, if somebody shot and killed somebody in front of him, he would say to the guy that shot the gun, "Good shot. Took him out in one bullet." Say to the guy who dropped dead. You died perfectly. Lovely. <laughs> very little blood. Uh, you know, uh, but just that type of, you know, very positive outlook right. and, you know, try to remain positive uh, in, in the midst of everything. So, so yes. Met, so you met Mama Lisa and within mm -hmm. the year you guys got married? We did. Yeah, we, we met and married within a year. Emily because you were never, seeing each other every day, every day, every day on campus. Emily never you know? told me that. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. A lot of oh, yeah. Them. I mean, yeah, it's, it was all within a year. That's hilarious. So for those, the, the reason I think it's so funny is because um, I met Emily. Mm -hmm. and met, we started dating, got engaged and got married within the within the year. And uh, I just think that's funny that you guys somewhat did the same thing. Well, there's many times, Napoleon, when I listen to you and watch you, I think, my God, could he be my son? <laughs> you say so. But then again, they say daughters marry, uh, you know, looking, have, you know, they look for characteristics of their own father. I mean, not right. all my characteristics, we know that. Right. Um, but um, yeah. I so. think I say the same about the boys and character mother characteristics in the, the yeah world. yeah i was I just, boys were always close to our our we were always close to my mom her boys you know were her you know she she would just her boys her boys and we did we were always you know come to her defense yeah um know? interesting okay so then you have two kids yep jonathan emily and i think they're what four years apart five years apart so one's born in 85, one's born in 89. 89. So, yeah. So, four yeah. years. Yeah. So, four years apart. How was the relationship within the family as they grew up? Um, let's see. I, again, you see, and this is bad on me. I traveled so much, but, you know, in general, typical, you know, brother, sister, you know, um, 
you know, Jonathan's doing this, Emily's doing this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right. both of you, to your room, you know? Uh, um, your, your, your wife uh, was, I always, well, I mean, I would remortgage for her. Uh, she just knew how to work, you know, dad so well. I mean, we would, cr- I would say, hey, I'm going over to the office. Anybody want to go with me over to my office? And John's, ah, oh, stay with mom. And Emily, go, I'll go, I'll go. She'd sit there next to me here, you know, she's like five years old and puts her hand over on mine on the, as I've got my arm resting on the console. And she looks up and says things like, I think we deserve ice cream, daddy. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely right. After the office, let's stop by. She knew how to work me well, you know? Funny, um, yeah. And so, yeah. But in, so in the household, you being a pastor, Mm-hmm. The household was quite religious, right? We all, yeah, we all, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you find that the religious, the religion, or what? How am I asking this? This, the depth of religion. Do you find it took hold more of one than the other, or it was basically both kids were like engulfed in it? How do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they were engulfed in it. I mean, Emily and I have discussions now where I can, you know, uh, had, you know, had I remained as a pastor, I, she, Emily is, an, is, is smart enough to question things, you mm-hmm. know, to not take it cart, cart blanc. But I mean, she did for a little while, but I think in her little mind was like, okay, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem right. You know? But she doesn't. Um, but she's not allowed to ask questions. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's you know due to I mean, the indoctrination of religion. Right. Right. Exactly. This is what we. You know, her her little uh, statement one day is why I came out, and I, I shared. I've I've shared this with a couple of friends one time. They said, "What do you mean?" I said, "My daughter is the reason why I eventually came out." We were sitting around the kitchen table. And she was talking about she wanted to wear a certain outfit to church, but she wouldn't wear it because uh, it would get me in trouble with the church. And I said to her, Emily, you do not live your life and make those decisions based on other people. You be who you are, because that's who God created you to be. The statement was no sooner out of my mouth. And I don't I think everybody just, you know, continued on. But in depth, the depth of my being, I heard, you hypocrite. How dare you say that to her? You're not who God created you to be. And that became the changing moment for me. That became the moment where it was like, I have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. I'm growing up. uh, You know, my children are growing up with a hypocrite for a father. Now, I didn't fully understand the price I would pay. <laughs> you know, I mean, partially you do, but then, you know, but it was at that moment at the table. That was the turning point for me. So that was the turning point, And you said to yourself, wait, but hold on. <clears throat> Did you know before then that you were gay? Well, I mean, the, the feelings were stronger and stronger. And I mean, and the, and the society was changing. Not the church world. I mean, it was, you know, same old, same old, stuck in the past, stuck in, you know, uh, religion. But things like Will and Grace were coming out uh, in TV. And it was like, sort of like you were saying, it's like, oh, it's it's becoming more of a norm, you know. And so, I mean, I, I began at that stage 
entering into what I call the, you know, a dark night of the soul. You know, I mean, it was one thing uh, back in the day of, you know, when I said I was struggling with it and, and thought of committing suicide, but this was about to be the darkest valley I ever walked through in my whole entire life, you know. So you, you made that statement. Yeah. And then something clicked. It says you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. When that clicked, did you understand? Like, How long before that statement was said and you actually came out? How long did, how, what kind of time frame was that? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Oh, technology cut off there. Sorry, we're back. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. Did you hear my question? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. So the moment when you made that realization after the comment right. to when you actually came out to the world, how mm-hmm. what kind of time frame was was there? Oh, kind of, probably kind of talking frame? a few months. A few months. One. Day, uh, Lisa and I were having a conversation, and she said, Paul, sometimes I get the impression that you're gay. And it was like, this is either the door that I walk through, or I shut this door and never open it again. And I said, I am. And that changed everything. Really? Why? Everything. Why would she? Why? Why did she say that? She just she whether it was premonition, whether you know, she just said, "I just get that impression." It was it was it was one of those moments where you just go, uh, you know, when you look back, you think, "Wow!" It was like all time stopped. And then I knew after I'd said that to her, it was about everything was about to change, you know, and I knew, you know, it would get to and it got to the church board. You know, long story around there. That's a program in and it's of itself. Um, I mean, my final conversation with my board of directors was, I get what you have to do. I know what's going to happen. You know, you're not here to protect me you're, or help me. You know, you see a, you know, uh, you see a, a flaw in the statue. And instead of patching it up or trying to understand it, you have to destroy it. And they did. Yeah, they did. You know, I mean, and I'm sure Emily's told you those days, but it was the beginning of walking through a very dark time for me. So where did you go from there? Like, so you're at the table, she says this and you admit I am. Yeah. Do you just pack up your bags and leave? Well, we tried to, you know, I said, look, I'll just, you know, I'll let's not say anything to the kids. Let's not do anything rash. But I mean, that's not the way it happens. I mean, you can't, you know, I mean. Especially it's an emotional time, like oh my gosh, Lisa invested so much, so much into you that she just seeing everything crumble. It's not easy, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and and I mean, how do you deal with you know? I mean, if it was another woman, but you're telling me you're attracted to men, yeah. Like I can't, I can't fight that. You know, if it was another woman, what do I need to do? What do I need? You know, is it my cooking? Is it, you know, my the way we do sex? Is it you know, well, I guess technically it was, um, but um, yeah, she couldn't fight that. So, I mean, I, yeah, I was banished. I was banished. So it was out the door. 
how did so did you tell the kids or did they find out through your mom through uh mama lisa through lisa we had originally i said i want the right to tell the children it's you know me my but i they're not ready yet you know um but you know uh emotions get in the way she told them and at that point i mean you know they're you know having your children call you and say daddy are you a homosexual and you know it's well look that's no no are you a homosexual yes or no i said yes and then you know we went through the stage where both the kids said we want nothing to do with you ever again you are just Mm -hmm. our biological father crush talk but a crush you know it was just like oh my god you know i i my brothers i mean albeit they said you know if we can do anything but understand i mean mark he was in saskatchewan at that time brenton and brother he said you know you're welcome to come here but understand it's the most homophobic province in all of canada you know um i you know it, it threw my brothers for a loop you know yeah. as much as they were there for my brother mark who at that time was a brain physiologist when i t- i came out to him first and he said oh my god thank god I said, what do you mean, thank God? He said, I'm a physiologist. It does not make sense. You cannot have five boys in a family and not one of them be gay. <laughs> it's impossible. He said, the more you have, like, and it's true, like, if you have two boys, third boy, if, you know, greater chance that he will be gay. Or the fourth or the fifth. There's just a greater chance. Of physical. There is actually a, a gay brain. I mean, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, that didn't help my situation. <laughs> right. But for me, it was like, here I am now. No family, no faith, no friends. I lost everything. Lost everything. So, how was okay? So, yeah, your your wife, kids, they're they're disowning you at this point. Mm-hmm. What about your mother and your father? Your father. My mother had passed away uh, okay. by this time. I went to my father and told him, um, because I asked my older brother, what do you think I should do? He said, yeah, tell dad. He needs to hear it. He needs to know. Here's here. I told him, you know, and he looked at me, told me to get the F out of his house, that I was a disgrace, that mom was probably in heaven bawling her eyes out over my whole life, that I'm just nothing but a big liar. Change your no, last name, and I never want to see you again. And that it was just great. Oh man, I had driven all the way over from Toronto and I don't even remember how I got back to Toronto. I do not even remember the drive back. I was just so ripped up, just so ripped up inside. I, I just, it was just like, yeah. yeah. It was the lowest of low moments. Now we <laughs> repaired our relationship yeah. thanks to my older brother who called so what my about, dad. So, so what about your brother? So it sounds like your brothers basically were very accepting and helpful. Um, my old, my brother, Chris and, uh, my two older brothers. Yeah, they were. Um, but again, like I originally said, we don't do family, we do family well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just sort of like, okay, I got to walk this thing through all by myself. I mean, not only that, but I also had to find a job. If you've been a minister for 18 years, guess what your resume looks like? You know, try to find a job. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, Ooh, Ooh, this looks like we're hiring Jesus. Don't think so. So, I mean, eventually, I, you know, I got into what ministers do best fundraising. And, you know, I've been doing that for the last 20 plus years. So, I mean, which is all fine and good. But it was, yeah, it was a very, very, very 
dark time for me. Sort of ending my life right off, but it was just like, wow, what do you do now? You know, it's like, ooh, didn't think that well. That it's, and I think I'm wondering, do you have you spoken to other people in the gay community that came out and how they felt about it? Oh yeah, yeah, and, and they all talk of the that dark night of the soul, you know, where right. you just. You know, you're walking through the, and around those around my age, of course. Um, mm. You know, I, I get a little pissed when, you know, guys are closeted in the day and age. Oh, I just, it's like, oh, come on, you're not going to lose your job. I lost my job. Yeah. I lost my job. You know, how, how, does the, tr- so, okay. I don't want to, we're going to go to your, back to your family. Yeah. But how about, the church now you went to grandmother's church mm-hmm. found your way to god made you feel better went to bible church became a clergyman pastor or clergyman or the same yeah yeah the, the one that, okay then you're you come out gay and they're like god forbidden yeah that shut down from essentially the quote-unquote people of god mm-hmm how did that affect your relationship with God and or religion? Like, because you hear a lot of these people who mm-hmm. are like, especially um, uh, pagans, not pagans, atheists, <laughs> atheists. atheists sorry. Yeah. Wow. Words. Um, <laughs> you, well, these, from, <laughs> from, the, from, from the pulpit, I would call them pagans. <laughs> oh, those so, pagans. Yeah. So the atheists, so the atheists always the claim to fame is that God hates gay people, right? So, so how, how can you believe so in a God being, who hates? So being gay and mm-hmm. being confronted with, with legitimately being confronted by the quote unquote people of God with yep. that hate, and you lose your your source of income, right? How did your relationship with God, relationship with, with the religion? And all that, how did that all work around? Uh, you know what? If, if I, and I've had people say to me, you know, are you, you know, like spiritual wise, what are you? Are you? And I said, as far as the God of religion, whether it be Pentecostal or Catholic or Baptist or whatever, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. I walked away from that God. He hates, he's angry all the time you know he he just you know and i used to preach him so you know i'm gotta understand i was like yeah no i don't believe in you but i do declare to people that you know i consider myself a follower of jesus i do not call myself a christian you know it's a little bit like gandhi he said if i'd have met the christ of the christians i would have followed him but i met his followers instead So I'm a follower of Jesus. So I said, and I tell people that I'm a follower of Jesus because Jesus makes my life better and makes me better at life. But I'm also open and I believe that all truth is truth, no matter who it comes from. I of late got into uh, uh, studying Buddhism, uh, like real pure Buddhism. Um, And just it's all about being a meditative life and you know mm-hmm. looking you know and, and you just i mean i don't agree with i don't i'm not going the way of 
not being a meat eater. I love meat. Uh, <laughs> not All sorts of meat, right? Exactly. There we go. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and, and, but here's the thing. How I discovered the God that I believe in today, and I don't call him God. I call him, I call, I don't even say him or her. I call, we'll say for a second, like God, holy mystery. I refer to God as holy mystery. Holy in the sense, of course, holy. He's all creator. I believe in an all creator. I believe all this came from something. Mystery in the sense of not in the sense of truths you can never know, but truths I don't necessarily understand today. And I think if you look at him, her as holy mystery, it's an unfolding of truth. I think truth is like the galaxies. They're ever, it's ever expanding, you know. I mean, when the bathtub was originally invented, it was a terrible thing. Ooh, how could you do that? You're lying in germs and dirt, blah, 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 blah. But now, you know, everybody takes a bath once, understanding. You know, I think science does a better job with mystery than um, Christianity or churchianity or religion. You know, oh, you just believe this because, you know, and, and he's God and you just don't ask questions. Well, no, science says ask questions. But holy mystery, as I refer to God, says invites your questions invites okay let's look let's so for me i met holy mystery at my lowest point and discovered he's real that holy mystery is real and there for you and said it's it's a matter of trust and follow me and look where i've got look where i am now i just kept holding on i you know, some people say, well, you need, you know, I guess you need that for a crutch. Yeah, I guess if you want to call that, but with a crutch, I'm still moving. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you ain't got a crutch and you got broken legs, I guess you can't go anywhere unless you're going to scoot around in your butt, but at least I'm up walking and I understand more and, and I, I love more and, and I'm open and accepting, you know, I, I forget who said this, but uh, Ben and I say this all the time that we uh, we're open to everything and we hold on to nothing. You know, we're open to everything. Let's be open to the vastness of the world and enjoy, you know, and, you know, do I understand everybody's life choices? No, but that's their life choice. Yep. And that's fine. But I find God, uh, in, to use that word, um, I, I know him better. And people that just blurt out, I'm an atheist, that they're an atheist. I always just... I do I think, well, you've probably never been to the lowest point of your life because that's where you find yeah. holy mystery. That's where you find when you're at your lowest, he makes himself so real. I, I discovered that my pain and suffering becomes a portal to knowing holy do you, mystery. Do you still read the Bible and stuff like that? I do, but I'd read it with different eyes. Um, I also have discovered through my teaching, my, my self teaching and reading is that, you know, we talk about how the Old Testament was written in Hebrew language and the New Testament in Greek. But what Jesus spoke was Aramaic. Mm-hmm. And the Aramaic language is very different. It's filled with idioms and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff that he referred to is like it's type and simile and comparisons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's made up of exaggerations and, and stuff like that for purpose of getting a point across. I read it very differently very very differently i believe hell is in your head by according to the decisions you make you make a bunch of stupid decisions or you get into a low point that becomes hell i don't believe in a god that banishes his his creation his highest creation to eternally burn 
I've had some pretty rough moments with the children when they were young. I never banished them to hell or to their rooms for the rest of their life or punish them. You're going to be punished forever and ever. What kind of person mm-hmm. would do that? I mean, that, that kind of, you know, and have the audacity to say he's our father, you know, like God is our father, but he'll kill everybody and, you know, drown them and, and punish. And wow, children's aid better move in fast. You know, <laughs> it's so, like, yeah. So, th- so your views on religion has adjusted Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think have... it's like, like I said, like, it's like the galaxies, I've expanded not yeah. to, you know, some people say, Oh, well, you're just become so liberal. I don't think so. I, I, I'm, I'm working on a, and removing a dualistic mindset from myself, because I think we live in a dual, everything's dualistic, you know, uh, liberal, you conser- oh, liberal, okay, okay, okay. liberal I, conservative, you're I right, call, I'm wrong, you get into all these, the, you know, I call it the obsolete. It's essentially, yeah. it's all or nothing. It's either this way or that way. And there's no in between kind of thing. You, you, you exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when and life, you know what? Life doesn't work that way. You know, some people say, you know, why am I going through all this thing? Well, because you're on the planet and you're breathing. It's just life. You know, I don't believe in karma. I don't think there's anything such thing as karma. It's just friggin' life, you know? You know, like well, well, when I was diagnosed with having uh, Parkinson's, Ben's like, but why you? What? You know, like, you're such a good person. I said, well, hey, why not me? And if I have a choice to put this on somebody, who would I put it on? Nobody. But I said, it has nothing to do with it. It's just life. It's just life. And how you handle it, you know, life decides a lot of things. So I just choose. I'm going to have a positive mindset. You know, I'm going to be choose to be open. To everything hold on to nothing you know hmm. even old mindsets like you say you know it's like well, well let those go i'm going to try something new you know i don't want to hate anybody i don't want to be yeah. fighting with anybody you don't like my lifestyle it takes That's takes fine. a lot of energy well my grandmother used to say to me she says look paul if they don't pay your hydro if they don't pay your taxes if they don't put a roof over your head or groceries in your fridge why do you care what they think I thought, that's a good, yeah, yeah, I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> I was like, I really don't. But I was also like that in the pulpit. And that's why ministers used to have me come in, because I would say things that they didn't have the balls or guts to say to their congregations. You know, What do you, like, what do you mean for the pulpit? Well, like? 90%, I used to say 90% of what you expect your minister to do is not even in the Bible. It's not according to what his job description is. He does it for job security. You know? Oh, okay. Just does that for job security, you know. That's why he. It, it, most of the pulpits are uninformed pulpits. They only teach what they've been taught from the higher up. That says if you're going to be part of this denomination or organization, you must teach it this way. This way, and we right. believe it this way. And if anybody questions it, oh, get them out, get them out. You you should be cast out. You're not part of you know. So, and I also found in, in going through all this, I met some very loving, really, truly loving and kind people who never went to church, mm-hmm. who never went to church. I have some friends that, you know, if you said, oh, well, we're going to pray over our meal, they would bow their heads. They have no, you know, and, mm-hmm. but it's just like, you know, they're just so loving, so kind, have the greatest uh, conversations with them, you know. Somebody said to me, do you think he'll go to, to, to heaven? <laughs> if I'm going, he's going. Yeah. You know? So, okay. 
your your views on religion has expanded. Um, has the church? So with the new day coming, even uh, Pope Saint Paul, who's is that the Pope today? What's Pope uh, Francis? Pope Francis. Francis. Pope Francis. He he's cut, went on stage and said uh, that there's nothing wrong with being gay and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, has any of what he says like re- shown repercussions within the clergyman community or or, or pastoral community, if that's a word or um, thing? You know what? The lines are are always you know defined. You know, in the basic evangelical church, it's like. They'll say things like, we love you, but we hate your sin. Well, I always respond by saying, well, my sin is technically part of who I am. Right. I mean, you know, I think, you know, the church, the evangelical church, the sort of Catholic is one, evangelical church, Orthodox is other. It's um, in the evangelical church, they're realizing, wow we better keep our mouths shut about becoming so vocal about being anti-abortion, anti-gay and everything else like that. Cause we're going to, they're going to eventually lose their right to write income tax receipts for giving. Right. They'll lose right. rights. They'll lose them. Um, you know, instead of saying we don't understand it, but Hey, you know what? Welcome. Um, so has, has the church like reached out pre has your previous employment, Restart oh gosh! Like, hey. um, the people have, you know. I mean, I remember the kids told me that people would stop them on the streets in Woodstock and say, "Tell your dad we don't care who he sleeps with. Please come back and be our, our pastor because he made church fun. We had fun, you know. I mean, after I got the boot, it took like only a few months, and a congregation that was packed solid went down to literally nothing." Literally nothing. To this day, it's probably under a hundred people. Oh wow! Okay. Um, it was like you know, I made fun because Jesus is fun. I mean, right. hey, he was always invited to the wildest parties. Read through the Gospels, and I always think it's because of his first miracle, turning water into wine. Yeah. He'd and they're like, bring on, Jesus. On lists. We got a water. We got water. We all out of wine. Do that trick again. You know, yeah. I actually just think he was fun. He was real, and the religious people hated him. Religious people hate the real Jesus. They can't stand him because he's too loving, too kind, too, you know. Um, so did the church ever reach out to you at all, or is it just the people? Who no, who no, just the no, people. Right? No, yeah, no. They, I, I, heard, I heard that they destroyed, they told the people to bring back all the tapes of anything that I'd ever, you know, They'd had me and they destroyed them all, which I, you know what, Napoleon, I'm so happy because what I taught and spoke back then, I don't probably believe most of it now. So that's a good thing. I didn't find that offensive. It was like, Oh, thank God. Thank God. Please don't listen to that. It's it's not even what I believe anymore. You know, it's not what I think anymore. So yeah. Oh yeah. No, I knew when you, when you, when I did this, mm, I had people say to me, Oh, I heard you died. Thanks for coming to the funeral. Appreciate it. So okay, that's all done. Mm-hmm. How was? How did the, you came out and your family wanted to disown you? What? How did you react to that? Obviously, like it, it hurt. Obviously, it was negative. But what I mean is, like, did you 
continuously try and did mom Melissa say you need to stop and then one day someone reach out or how how did that relationship with your kids and your your ex-wife how did that all do you know what again referring back to your wife um we've had some conversations she'd probably need to fill it more of the details um you know she went and sat in front of a lisa moved back to shawville she sat in front of a young minister and he told her how, how, sorry, she how, had, how, how old is everyone at this point oh, you have to ask emily i think it's like they're 11 12 maybe a little okay. older okay. um okay. you know my son was holding on to the dad you ever show up in the property i'll punch you in the head uh, right. whereas Emily sat in front of a young minister who said, well, you're just going to have to come to the conclusion that your dad is going to burn in hell for eternity unless he changes his way. And that just wiped her right out to think, you know, and I think that was at a point where she was like, well, I don't want to serve a God who put my dad in hell forever and ever. And I think her thinking process began to change. She went off, she said, on some mission to Mexico. And when she came back, it was like, I just want to see my daddy. I just want to see my dad. And then we began to rebuild our relationship, you know, um, over the years. Um, and then the ultimate for, I think for, for us was again, the both of you invited Ben and I for Christmas and invited Lisa and her husband, Keith. And we all sat down and had just dinner, Christmas dinner, wild and crazy i mean your mom was there and your uncle and different ones and it was just a nice time and i think it was that was the bridge that it was like you know when i tell friends now about that they're like oh my god i can never even imagine how i would go about having dinner with my ex-wife like we still you know and well, i've said to them i not, said that, like, go ahead sorry go ahead it, well, and, and like probably you're going to say, it's not, it's not like we we're all over each other. Oh, it's not good to say, blah, 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 you know, hugging and talking and conversation. We could just be in the same room because I still believe and I, that you can never get divorced. You can never be truly divorced if you have children because there will be weddings, there will be funerals, there will be gatherings, and you'll just be there. You'll just be there. I still to this day believe that Lisa is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I still love her. Uh, we've never had a discussion on this. She's probably not, wouldn't be comfortable with it. I, I will love her like I've never loved another woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can be in the same room. We've done that for a number of, we've all done that for a number of years. And I mean, it's just good. You know, I mean, we hug. People can be so on the cheek. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, you know, because it's based around, you know, you and Emily and the boys, you know, well, our, we, our we differences have nothing yet. to do with you guys. It's with us, you know. Well, we so I took advice from my aunt and uncle who lives who live in the U.S. and uh, every year they'd come visit Canada, mm-hmm. and they would have to they would have to essentially split their times between two families because obviously everyone wants to see you at Christmas, right? Um, and they would drive. To go to one side and then pack up everything, rush, 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 drive to the other side. And it was always just this headache of stress and driving in bad Canadian (laughs) weather and all this garbage and in between. And they absolutely hated it. So I said, well, you know, we're the ones with the grandkids. 
if you want to see these grandkids, you come here. <laughs> exactly. And that's what it was. And in all honesty, what, like on Christmas Day, we're not going to just leave you and Ben in our house while we go see her mom. That's just that's just weird, right? Exactly. And what's even weirder is that we're not going to take you and Ben to her house because <laughs> that's even weirder. So our house is Switzerland, quote unquote. It's the the uh, common ground for everyone, and you just be civil and enjoy mm-hmm. time with the grandkids. And basically, it seems to be working out very well. Well, and then I mean, and then I always say, you take your cue from the kids. We don't take our cute enough cues from kids. The ki- your boys, Nana is Nana, Papa is Papa. I don't know what they call Keith, but they refer to Ben as Lolo because that's the Grandpa Keith. Uh, uh, that's Tagalog for Grandpa, yeah. you know. And there's no, you know, it's just like, yep, that's it. They they don't try to figure it out. Sometimes we get too deep with these things, you know. We just, and and, and, and I always, I, I, I say this often, there are certain things in life that will never be expl- explained or understood. So why waste your time getting all bent out of shape about it? You know, yep. there's certain things you will never, ever be able to fix. Oh, well, yep. don't worry about it. Why miss out on a good life? Well, exactly. Right. So, and we never make a big deal about oh, your grandfather, your papa is gay. It's, it's not, it's not a thing. It's that we don't, we care about. We just, I think, I think Yanni is, he has pride when he says he has three grandpas. <laughs> yeah. Like he's taking that as a, Hey, I'm a one up on every yeah. other kid. I got three so I think, grandpas. I think it's, he looks at it that way. And, um, and honestly, Again. In today's day, it's, 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 it's so, it's coming more and more of a common thing. And you just, I think the lack of reaction to it is the best thing. Oh, exactly. Well, and I mean, because if you make a big thing, then is it wrong? Oh, is this wrong? Is this relationship wrong? It must be wrong because, you know, and you guys have been just so generous to, you know, with the, you know, our, the time we have with the boys, you know, I mean, you guys know we love it. I mean, I jokingly say, I can't wait, you know, until the boys can be put on a flight and just meet, we'll meet them at the airport and have them for as long as they want to stay with us. And Emily blurted out eight. I said, what? She's an eight year old. They can start flying eight years old. I've already she's checked into it. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's apparently bought tickets already. Here's one's coming out dead. One's coming up. We'll just, you know, uh, we'll come and get them if we need them, you know, but uh, again, with the boys, I mean, they just, we just, we're just Papa and Lolo. I mean, when you guys were here at Christmas, uh, Yanni slept next to our bed, you know, on the floor. And I mean, for him, it was just like, this is cool. We have our own bathroom. We, I mean, he basically yeah. took over the place. And it's like, you know. It is funny because he would call your bathroom his bathroom. It's, of course. Of course, this is my bathroom. He calls you know, uh, Emily's office his office. It's, it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he owns things. He takes over, you know. So, so okay, so Emily says i just want my dad and decides right. i will forgive him or i'll just no no not forgive i don't know if forgive is the right word. maybe accept i'll accept for who he is because it's who he is and i still love him i mm-hmm. want a relationship with him and 
whatever's happened has happened. Let's move on to a better relationship. And that's, and that uh, has created was that, that has been fruitful. Great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, I mean, there's a closeness with Emily and I, Yeah. you know, I mean, what about, when so, I was diagnosed, she was the first one I called. I was in my yeah. car and it was just like, oh, that's a kick in the gut. And yeah. I just thought, I need to call Emily. You know, yeah. she's like, are you okay, dad? <laughs> but she also works very closely with Ben because she said, I told Ben, if you get into this, you know, low moment where you're giving up, I'll be on a plane and coming to kick your ass. Well, she, she did go on a plane. Yeah. Because there was a time she she called me. She says something's not right. I'm going to go to BC. So she did. And she left me with the kids in a fucking tornado. <laughs> I remember the, Remember the lights all, the power went out and everything. <laughs> I was just like, what? It was like, oh, good choice and timing. Em, do you think you should go home? No, I can't because there's a tornado. I can't yeah. get in the Anyway, so, so oh, you'll so figure it out. So how is okay? So how is the relationship with Jonathan? Like, uh, you know, how did it's that evolve. Um, it, I think for Jonathan, he began to. I, I I know I wasn't in on them, but I know he and Emily had some conversations. You know, and both you and I know if you have a conversation with Emily, sometimes it's more a lecture than a conversation. Um, you know, um, and I think she just had talked to him about you know that's the one where my son was referring to my lifestyle and Emily came up with the famous words. His name is Ben. It's not lifestyle. He loves our dad and, you know, you know, move beyond that. I, I, I think for my son and I, like we talk uh, or text on a, on a regular basis now, uh, but we stay away from the, you know, the, the topic, the taboo Uh, topic. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, you ever think... so I, he does say, you know, talks about my, you know, how's Ben, da, 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 and you know, because I just talk about Ben like you would talk about your spouse, yeah. you know, with you, you know, the kids or or whatever. So, so when you think of Emily, you obviously know she's accepted all all of you and everything is great. Do you have that same feeling with Jonathan? Um. Well, I not in the sense of because I don't really know his children. You know, and I'm not trying to be cruel or, or harsh. In it. You know, I understand where he's coming from. I used to live where he lived. I used to walk where he walked. And, you know, I understand his, you know, his, his safety and world is that, you know, religion. You know, he's in the Baptist church and he's got a Baptist wife. And, you know, and, and, and he's, I think he still struggles with the whole topic of homosexuality. We've never had the conversation where I've been able to sit down with him and say, well, let me prove to you what the Bible really says. And it's not what you think it says. Right. Um, so, you know, we have the, com- you know, I mean, we have a father son conversation, you know, um, does he care? Oh, of course he, you know, of course he cares. Does he love me. Of course he loves me. Um, you know, um, and do I love him? But do of you course. think, do you think he's accepted you for all who, of you? Um, I don't think so. You know, I, I don't so think so. he may, he may essentially... listen to this and phone me up and go, Hey, which would be okay too. Well, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Like, right. Right. If you, if you want to, if, if let's be honest, if he's accepted all of you, the relationship would be better. Yeah. It wouldn't just be a father, son. It would be right. a, father son wife kids like you would know his kids 
Yeah. And, and I mean, I, and I don't, I know of, but I don't know them. And maybe one day the kids will grow up and come and visit or, you know, and we'll have that conversation. Sometimes it has to skip a generation. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how, how come my mom and dad didn't, cause you seem nice and he seems nice. And you know, <laughs> you know, and I mean, a lot of it is, is, you know, there's old thinking, you know, like the gay agenda, you know, like yeah. we, we're going to turn everybody gay, you know, it's like, really, why would we do that? That would be a very odd world, wouldn't it? <laughs> and, and like we originally, we said a few, a little while ago, it's like, it's actually not even, there is no agenda. You know, there is no, you know, this is just life. This yeah. is who we are, you know, right. just who we are. And, and you just accept it and just, oh, oh okay, that's cool. You know, <laughs> so, mm. and I think kids can do that better. I think it becomes a little more difficult the older they get, you know, because you become very, you have to un, stuff you've been set, you know, you have so to break you, that cement and come back to reality. Right. Do you feel his attachment to religion is, is hindering his relationship with you because you're gay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he has to struggle in his mind. My dad's going to hell. I think uh, he thinks my, I think he thinks uh, the mother of my children is also going to hell because she remarried. Um, but I'm not sure about that. Totally. He may have changed his mind on that, but originally it was mm-hmm. he didn't mention that it was so, yeah. Like, I mean, again, that's why I don't like religion. It, it stands in the way of, you know, the message of Jesus, which was love everybody. And when I said everybody, I mean everybody. Love them, like in the sense but of... Is it, but wouldn't that be religion in itself? Like the religion in itself, in my in my view, and you can, you're the pro in this, in my view, religion in itself is the message of, of God and the message of Jesus. What people move or what people manipulate religion to be is different than what religion is. Well, let me, and I've probably said this on so many podcasts, anybody who's listening regularly will get tired of me hearing. Okay, so the message of Jesus was all about an experience. If you just read the gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's, you hear he's talking about experience. So when that message from, went from Israel and moved to, went over to Greece, the Greeks took it and made the message a philosophy because the Greeks were known for philosophy mm-hmm. when it moved to rome it became a religion when it moved from rome to europe it became culture the message became culture when it moved to north america it became a business and church religion in north america is nothing but a bloody business mm-hmm. all you have to say to yourself is you know and i know this from conversations with the greek orthodox church if you want to get married you have to pay x amount of money if you want to do a baptism of your child there's money that has to exchange hands you know and the same in you know like i mean in most churches oh would you like to hear a co- would you like to have a copy of the minister's message that'll be five dollars mm-hmm. you know everything is built on you know we've got a website we've got a market we've got a you know and this is how you make money off of it. I used to say from the pulpit, I said, gosh, the way we present God is he has a heart. He has a really bad time with money because we say, give your money to God this week. So people give some money to God, depending on what church you belong up to 10% of your income or more. Then the next week we ask them for it again. 
well, what did he do with all that money that I gave him last week? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so, but God doesn't need your money. You know, God doesn't, it's, it's like, it's not about money. And I used to work hard against that. You know, I, I would just, people would say, how much do they take? Oh, take them, you know, just take them. I don't, you know, yeah. I can, people used to say, but you could make so much more money. Yeah, well, that's not what I'm in for this for. Never have been, never was. I'm, I'm, I am not a, I'm very, I drive Ben nuts because I'm very much in the moment right in here right now. And I don't need much to live on it. I've never have. And I just enjoy simplicity that way. But I thank God for Ben's because I wouldn't have this nice leather chair I'm sitting in. Right. All this other nice stuff. Uh, you know, Lisa was the same. I mean, just like, you know, Paul, we need these things. And, yeah. you know, you need some new clothes, Paul. Really? Okay. Yeah. If you say so. so. <clears throat> all right. Let's, um, let's get back into it. Uh, you come out the church church bans you your 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 views on religions ex, uh, expands yep uh your family disowns you your daughter opens the door and says i want a relationship it creates that relationship and from there your son sort of stumbles and still stumbles about wanting a relationship mm-hmm. and creates that father-son relationship all that happens. right you right. meet you meet ben mm-hmm. How how'd that go how did that go? Yeah, did you know you, what we had a go, good connection. You go to, so you went to you went to be you, you went to live in BC, which is like right. little little Asia, right? The little <laughs> Asia of Canada, and uh, you 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 went that out of all uh, the sea of Asians that are in, in in BC. Boom! You see Ben, you like that one. You know what? We met online. Okay, and then we started dating, and you know, I mean, now I'm in my forties. You know. And, you know, he's come out and, you know, we shared a common interest in things of faith. You know, I think for him, it was like almost a, uh, a pa- he comes from a Catholic background, uh, a papal blessing because, oh, well, I'm dating a former minister, which I always find is funny. But, you know, um, I think a lot of people think that if Paul says it's, we're okay, then we're okay. Um, but we just, you know, we had so much in common to a boy and a girl, boy and a girl, you know, his kids much younger, of course, than mine. Um, and, you know, the, the relationship, you know, began to, you know, unfold normal, you know, we have, we have our yeah. ups, we have our downs, we have our times where it's like, you know, I'm dogmatic on things. He's dogmatic on things. He's, he loves to work. You know, there's 11 years difference between us. I'm, you know, 63, do the math. You know, he, he says, you know, well, I've still got good working years ahead. I said, you, my honey are my retirement plan. (laughs) (laughs) You are my retirement plan. Uh, But we, 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 we share so much joy and we laugh a lot and just enjoy life. Now I want to get into a heavy part here. Another okay. uh, what is it called? Dark. What would you call it? Dark. Dark night of the soul. Dark night of the soul. When you got diagnosed with Parkinson's. 
Yeah, that was, uh, you know, um, didn't see that coming. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think they're just like, you know what? January 3rd sounds like a good day. It's, uh... Wish you could and then just say, I'm going to sleep through that day. Uh, yeah, I, I had had some tremors in my hand. I think you and Emily, when you were out here, had noticed that. I had said, you know what? It's it, There is a thing in our family called familial tremors. You know, it happens as you get older. Um, and you know, uh, I think it's three, two or three of my brothers have, uh, familiar tremors. Uh, my oldest brother, Mark has them in both hands. Um, my general practitioner, you know, when I was talking about, he said, you know what, let's, let's get crazy. And he said, I'll, I'll set you up with a neurologist friend of mine and have him do a test. And so he, you know, this guy did some tests, then he redid the tests. And I said, him, well, what do you think it is? He said, you know what? He said, it's so borderline. I, it's definitely not Alzheimer's. He said, I don't see any of that there. He said, it could be Parkinson's. I'm not, he said, would you be okay if I sent you for a, a second opinion to a, a younger friend of mine? Sure. I don't care. So I went to this guy, uh, Dr. David Rids, and uh, he was at that point, he wasn't even, I think he was 37 he said, at that point. And uh, so he did the tests. And then I came back for a second. So it's like every six months, you know, so it's not like it takes just. And so I'll never forget that day in May. He, I said to him, so, you know, Dr. Ritz, like, what, what is this? Like, it, what, and he teared up and he said, Paul, I, I just, I, I hate to tell you this. Like it's Parkinson's early onset Parkinson's. So actually at that point I sort of was comforting him. <laughs> I was like, Hey, hey, doc, it's okay. it's okay. And he's like, oh, I feel so. I said, look, how old are you? And he did say, I was, I'm 37. I said, look, I plan to be live to 120. I just want to make sure you're going to be around long enough so that we can fight this thing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had a great relationship that uh, from that point on. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, went to my car, sat down there, and it was just like it hit, it, it hits you. And I've heard yeah. other people say when yeah. they get news, it just like in the gut. And I knew that Ben was in the office. And when Ben's in the office, he's when he's busy, he's busy. I mean, I probably could have got him to call me, but I just thought, you know what, I'll call Emily. And so I told her and had a little cry, but just, you know, she's always the dad. We're all fighting this together. You know, we've got grandkids, yeah. you've got grandkids, you've got you know, you know, Napoleon and I will do anything, blah, 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 you know, just, you know, and it was just the stabilizing influence, you know. Um, so, it, you know, it's become a journey and part of my journey. I plan to fight it and win, you know, and, course, I, and I, I, I never, I never, ever, ever say to people, I have Parkinson's. No, Parkinson's is trying to have me. I mm -hmm. fight it with diet, exercise, and I'm, you know with Mr. Exercise. <laughs> so, you know, he well, exercise. And you know what, though? I think um, I think that's a big thing that a lot of people don't realize the importance of, of a, a proper diet and exercise. Well, yeah, because when I when the diagnosis came, uh, Dr. Ridd said to me, he said, look, now the great thing is you've been diagnosed in your 50s and not in your 70s. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, in your 70s, what I'm going to tell you, you would care less about. He said, but exercise, heavy duty exercise is one of the best things, you know, and eating properly, eat healthfully, 
healthy, you know. And he said, you should drink a good glass of wine, good sized glass of wine every day. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> this I can do. Um, so, yeah, and people really don't realize you can slow the progression of any disease down if you eat, have good, good food, good exercise, fitness, be in a loving family, however you define that, have loving friends and around you. I, I cut off all critical people in my life. I don't mind people, you know, uh, you know, disagreeing with me, but if you're just being nasty, I cut them yeah. off. So well, I don't I, care. I that drama people. My, yeah. I just, and that's changed a lot of my, you know, uh, relationships over time. But, and you know, I always say, I didn't need those people in my life anyways. You know, we really don't any of us, no matter what. And you know what? It, it will slow the progression down of any disease. Is it still there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some days are, you know, better than others. But in general, I mean, and, and you know, Ben says one of the positive things is because I keep my arms so tight all the time because of, <laughs> of the tremor, I don't have the wiggly jiggly underarm there. Oh. He does. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, so I said, "Oh, you're like my grandmother and my mom. Look at that! Shut up, knock That's it funny. off." <laughs> so, so okay, so you get hit with that, that diagnosis, and it hits you in the chest. You tell the people around you, and they they all offer you the support. Mm-hmm. That must that must have gave you that nice, like a good reassuring feeling that you're not alone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you do have, you know, you do battle times in your mind where it's like, oh, my God, you know, this is not life for the people around me, you know, to have to work through this. But, you know, it's again, uh, like I said, I I have got more into meditation now and an ability to sit down and do nothing. And you know what? When I do that, when I have this, these times of just meditation, the tremor almost completely disappears so you're quieting your mind you're becoming in the moment and i'm learning to live more in the moment if you live in the moment you're not thinking about the guilt of the past Mm -hmm. or the fear of the future you're right here right now and i'm developing this whole thing this whole new thinking in my mind about you know like emily says oh my god you're the only person I know that would spend three hours with my kids. Just, you know, I said, no, 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 no. I'm in their world. And I said, there is a world of curiosity, vulnerability, and just being right here, right now. When you watch your boys play, they're right in the moment. They're not thinking about last week. They're not thinking about tomorrow even they don't even you know they don't walk up hey dad will we have cereal for tomorrow morning i'm a little concerned about it you'd be like you know that for me is the most helpful thing i'm learning finally to be in the right here and the right now i don't need to go away on a vacation i'm enjoying my vacation ben says you know where's your favorite where would be your favorite place in the world i said right here with you is where my favorite place in the world is. And I'm not trying to be romantic or, you know, Hallmark card type of thing, but it's, it's just like, I'm learned that. And that actually works for calming the whole Parkinson's thing. Well, what's they say? You can't change what happened and you shouldn't worry about what's not, what hasn't happened and enjoy the present, something like that. What's that? What's that saying? 
Uh, I know what you mean, but my, <laughs> it's like a friend of mine who, who battles Parkinson's, he's a, he's a lawyer. He says, you know, Paul, before Parkinson's, I could spew out $6,000 words out of this brain. Right now it's offering me 695 words. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you enjoy the presence. The presence is the best gift that you give yourself, you know? A lot of people don't know how to sit down and just be quiet without cell phones. You know, the average person cannot go without looking at their cell phone or some form of social media beyond two and a half minutes. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too over surprised. Now, uh, I, I, I just read this scientific paper and I was like, holy smokes. Wow. But I also thought I'm just as I'm, I'm in there. I can be in there, but I'm trying to sort of wean myself off and just like, you know, I can't, I don't so, need. I'll be honest. Um, I, uh, I don't find I need to wean myself off. And this is what I mean. It doesn't control my life. Right. Uh, when I'm sitting down doing nothing because I want to do nothing. Right. And I want to spend some time watching Instagram reels because I think they're hilarious. I'm okay with that plan. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that too because I think you need the point of just being. You know, you have yeah. to define what relaxes you. I, I have yeah. a hard time when people say you need to do. I had friends trying to get me into yoga. Ben likes yoga. I don't like yoga. You know. Yeah. yeah you know. So, I mean, he, so he, I we tried that. to do it, but it's like I said, Ben. Downward doggy means such a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's the thing that it's. And I find access to it is so much easier. So having a cell phone, it gives you access to everything. It's easy yeah. to just look it up. But like when I go to work, I don't have my cell phone on me at work. And no. I don't go through the day stressing out about my cell phone. Right. When I, when but I, I think when... you're also like a, a, a lot like me. It's like people used to say to me when the kids were growing up, you know, they'd say, you know, oh, you're so busy. You're so busy. I said, no, here's the difference between you, you and me person i would say when i'm with my children i'm with my children a hundred percent i'm not thinking about oh i've got to fly to africa in two weeks or i've got to make a trip to the arctic or i've got to deal with this i and that's why i love anytime i hang with yanni and nico is because it's right here right yeah. now yeah. and i think it, whether you're right here right now is flipping through the videos cuz i think they're hilarious too you're you know we're a lot of like uh, anything to make me laugh crack me up you know um you know i, also, I <laughs> our humor time, is not for everybody shall we say a lot of the times actually emily and i will um will spend a good 15 20 minutes just looking at these reels together and we'll have some good belly laughs and if emily tells me all the time she says a lot of things she says Half of the experience is doing it with me because of the reactions that I get. So when she, she loves going to to see funny movies with me because she loves to see because I'm very um, physical when I laugh. Oh, yes. When you two were here over Christmas, I mean, I would laugh watching you two laugh and especially you were laughing. I mean, my favorite one was when you bought, I guess you bought uh, the dance thing with um oh that, for, yeah, yanni. Yeah, for yanni yeah. yeah yeah and i came down the stairs and yanni's sort of looking at his mom and dad and the two of you are literally lost in this but you're laughing 
and dancing. And I think you were both still in your pajamas. It was just hilarious to me. But I just thought that's in the moment, you know, and to say, yeah, you two have an ability. You guys are such a great couple for me to hang. You're like therapy for me in a good way. I mean, not like in a psychological way. It's just like, oh my God, your family, you know, the party won't start until you four show up. I mean, it's just, I think it's only getting, I often say to Ben, oh my God, that family is only going to get more and more funny. Only, it's only, you know, it's like, oh, we got to have them. You got to have them all there. You, mm-hmm. know, you just never know what's going to happen next. No, absolutely. Uh, it's it's good times, but we just we just like to laugh. And, Which uh, is good. Which yeah, is I'm, good. So, all right. Listen, we uh, we went through a whole 63 years. Oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I've actually got to jump on in about 30 minutes. I'm part of a study group with Parkinson's on uh, it's all around improv, okay. learning improv. Um, yeah. When I first went on the group, I was like, oh, my God, these people are really they have Parkinson's like they have Parkinson's. They own it. They, you know, um, but it's all about learning to just be in the moment. So right. don't think about the past. You know, so improv, in time you do improv as that improvisation, that's you know what it's all about. So they've they're doing a study that this helps um the people that have been di- have a have a Parkinson's diagnosis. So that goes for like an hour and a half, which is you know, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah. And we just spent well, almost two hours here. Yeah, that's there. And Ben will come home and say, So what'd you do, Dan? And I'll say, Nah, not much. Had a good <laughs> podcast with Napoleon and uh, did that study. And then I do four hours with um, Smile Operation Smile Canada. They're, they've been very generous with me. They they keep me on for four hours to fundraise and look after the donors in Western Canada. So it's all good. <laughs> so thank you for doing this because I know it takes a chunk out of your day. And uh, appreciate it. Like uh, I'm glad I was able to help out. Hopefully that I, I've met all your goals and all this. And uh, hopefully you Someday enjoyed. We'll, hopefully you enjoyed. I loved doing it. This. I love doing it. I in the week. I I love sitting to, and that's why I like about this podcast is just it's like let's have conversation. Uh, you know the opinions expressed are ours. If you don't agree with them, oh well. You know yeah. probably our opinions will change anyways as the older we get. So I'm open to that too. Um, but uh, thank you, thank you. And uh, we'll try to get your wife on sometime, you know, I mean, we'll, we were going to do that. And I just thought, hey, you know what, it's my birthday. I'm going to get Napoleon on. He's the only <laughs> one I trust to do this. And I have, Ben was like, are you nervous? I said, you're damn right. I'm nervous. I said, I know nobody's going to ask. You didn't give him the questions. Nope. No. Nice. Well, I like just, just talking about just going through it and just going from there, just working off of what you're talking about. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's more of a exactly. natural progression kind of thing. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a good day. Enjoy. Oh. Happy birthday. And we'll probably call you later this afternoon for a quick hello with the kids. They better. All right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? I love having these conversations with my friends. Hey, be sure to subscribe and follow my podcast for more roller coaster wild conversations. Catch you later.